What up, Onyaks? Welcome back to the Randling Viking Podcast. On this Monday, hopefully you had a great weekend. I know I had a pretty fun and eventful weekend. My parents came down to hang out yesterday, kind of on a on a whim type thing. They were just like, hey, we're coming to town. I was like, cool. So I went to church, did all that fun stuff, had a good lunch with lots of uh, with, with our class, and oh man, just great, great conversation, lots of laughs. Hopefully, hopefully you had something similar, but um, yeah, today's show, I'll just lay it, it's going to be Bible heavy, I don't know, I, it being Monday after Sunday, and just been digging to a lot, digging into a lot of um, podcasts around biblical things, um, so where my mind's been at so that's what you're gonna get before we dive into that though um i'm trying something new buddy shout out mr tactical pizza put me on to this so it should be and if i did it right it essentially is a way that you can support the rambling viking podcast without having to do anything different regarding your Amazon shopping. So it's an Amazon affiliate link, essentially. Now, I have it go to a specific product, but uh, my sources tell me that supposedly you can then search or click away to whatever you really wanted to go look at or buy on Amazon, and it'll still count. I'm not positive on this. Uh, I know the link works, and it takes you to the page that I want to take you to, so in a fun roundabout way, uh, it's a not a sponsor sponsor, and for me, it's Disco Potty. Sadly, it's not the actual brand name Disco Potty. They have either been discontinued, bought out, or what have been nuked from the face of the earth. I don't know. That was the original. For any of you who've known me for any period of time, you know this is a staple in my house. Wow, this is really sounding like a legit ad read. I'm just, I'm talking, and there's nothing in front of me here. But uh, basically, it's a nice little box with the motion sensor and a little arm that goes into your toilet bowl that lights up the toilet bowl. So when you get up in the middle of the night or late at night or first thing in the morning or any time that it's dark, maybe you just don't feel like turning on the bathroom light, you roll in there, especially for guys, um, maybe more so for guys, because ladies, you just got to sit. But this provides a little bit of light just in case your man didn't leave the seat down like a good husband should. Um, This would let you know. Either way, especially for guys, though, it lights up gently in a variety of colors, and you can either have it be set at one color, or you can just, uh, on the automatic original setting, it'll just be there uh, shifting colors. So it lights up the toilet bowl, so not to have to, so you don't have to turn on the lights and blind yourself, and then turn them off, and then be blind again, because now your eyes have adjusted to the light, and also probably be wide awake when maybe you don't want to be. I discovered Disco Potty, as I discover most cool, random, little, useful gadgets like that, at Ross years ago. And I was like, what is this? This is awesome. And I just got it for the hilarity. And then I discovered this is arguably one of the most slept on items in someone's house. Like, I, toilets should just be built with these now or as an option. Like, if, you, if I was a house home builder, I would find a way to, like, build one of these into a toilet. Be like, you can get a regular toilet or you can get this Disco Potty toilet that I've designed. <laughs> Just a regular toilet, but with this built in um, and, and make it a little bit more effective, efficient. I don't know what word you want to use, but yeah. So anyways, uh, there should be a link in 
not the description, but if you follow the link to the website or if you go to our Instagram page and you follow, hit that link tree, the first link, it'll say Amazon affiliate link. Um, there's the link in the, at the main website too, it'll say Amazon affiliate link and you click that and it'll take you and get a two pack because look, most of us, we have multiple toilets, right? And you don't want to just be peeing at, in the dark and glory in a glorious way, but treat your guests a little bit too. Okay. Okay. So if you haven't heard of Disco Potty, it's at least you chance to go check it out really inexpensive, but at the same time, then just use that link. Say you, if you have some Amazon shopping to do, just take the time, go through that link, go buy whatever you're going to buy. And it should give me some sort of credit. And I don't know, but that'll, that's a way that you can actually passively support the show supposedly. So I think that's pretty cool because now I'm not sitting here asking you for any more monies or anything just to go through a certain link. So seems pretty, seems pretty cool, right? We'll see if it's legit. Uh, someone test it out for me next time you go on Amazon and we can figure this out because I do need to see if it works. I don't have anything I currently need to buy. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. Plus, I don't know if that's even ethical for me to do, but yeah, that's a cool thing that we're doing now. My link, I could change it and depending on, cause you know, me always recommending products. And so this is a cool way where I don't have to get a sponsorship from them, but I can simply direct you to whatever product I'm, I'm hype on that episode, that week, that month, that whenever my staple and mainstay will probably remain disco potty, but it could change. I've thought about, oh yeah, anyone who's, you know, interested in podcasting, want to use the mic I use or whatever, you know, random thing, whatever, what, what, you know, baby shark vacuum that I have, a little handheld vacuum. Uh, it's not themed baby shark. It's just shark brand. So we call it, and it's little, so we call it baby shark. It's the best, you know, or this cool bike rack that we use to hang our bikes on the wall, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. But yeah, go, go test it out. Go try it out. Uh, it's another way for you to support the show without having to be like, oh, well, I'll give you a dollar or you five, whatever. No, no, no. And I, I don't know. I feel weird always. I still feel weird about asking for that. I mean, in some ways I see it as you're paying me to provide you content and to continue to work to provide you better content. If you, if you're willing to give me money, I don't, I don't sit here and be like, it's donation based. No, 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 no. You're paying for a service here. I'm very capitalistic in my mindset with that. In other news, if you haven't seen my face, go check out my personal profile, Gus the Bus, and I, you can see my chin for the first time and cheeks for the first time or lack thereof cheeks in three years. I haven't shaved clean in about that time. I've shaved short, but kept it fairly long stubble still. And so I, I had my a pretty solid winter beard that I'm now pleased with that I'm like, mm, maybe I could do that all the time or at least for little stints. And with encouragement from my wife, plus also this desire that I think all guys who can grow facial hair like to, you know, have the desire to kind of experiment around. We, uh, we don't switch things up. I got the Hulk Hogan, the pistol Pete, the whatever you want to call it. I go mustache into kind of, I don't know, these almost little chops, these little, little pork chops. Uh, they're not, they're not mutton chops. They go all the way up the side of my face. They just kind of go straight down and, but my chin is naked. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I post on Instagram, GustaBus35, if you want to go see the pictures, the before, the after, and then the process picture. But yeah, I like to call myself the Blonde Pistol Pete now. Um, I'm ready for my WWE debut. I'm ready to go hit the, hit, hit the set for the next big Western. You know, I'm, I've started watching 1883. It's really good. Of course, people like Yellowstone. Apparently, 1923 is pretty good. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm looking the part. All right, let me get my chaps. Let me get my leather vest, my holster, my Colt. I'll be ready to go, yo. So, 
Yeah. Uh, I would love to know your thoughts, first of all, foremost, on how awesome my new, it's just a mega mustache, uh, really, uh, looks. And ideas for maybe the next iteration of this. No, I'm not going just straight mustache. It's too thin. It doesn't work. It makes me look like I, I am a, I'm a child predator or <laughs> I'm, I'm a flashback from the past of a you know, 70s porn star type look. It doesn't, it's not the cool Tom Selleck cop look. Okay? It's not that. I don't have a good thick mustache for that. I can't just do the stash. It has to be stash extended or stash with goatee. Like something has to complement it. Maybe I should do, what's the Joe Dirt look? Maybe I should do, no, minus the mullet. <laughs> do the Joe Dirt facial hair, just be white trash. I could only do that for maybe a week. This one, I don't know how long I'll keep it, but um, we'll just see how it goes, right? But fun stuff. Also, random, random things that happen. So we rent out, we have an extra room. We rent it out as an Airbnb. It's actually our master suite. And make a little extra cash on the side. It's been going pretty well. It's, uh, have, we've had a number of guests and it's all been very pleasant. It's fun. Had someone come this last weekend. And this is the first time that I've had someone come and they not stay the night. I'm talking, this was like a four hour stay, four or five hour stay. Like, you know, check-ins not till three and usually people don't get here right at three. So it's, you know, five or whatever. Roll up. Hey, how you, you know, and I'm home. So I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Kind of give them a quick lowdown and they go upstairs and you know, I'm, I mind my business and they mind theirs. Right. And they're, they're hanging out and they have a, as far as I know, you know, they ordered pizza because they came down and got some pizza later. And so it's like, all right, cool. Had a nice night in. And they told us this, that they were just looking for a night, night away. And I was like, cool. That's what this is for. It's just, you know, it's a nice big bedroom. You have a private bath and shower. You have TV with streaming stuff up there. So like you're set up. And then I, and then I'm, I'm getting ready for bed. And I don't know, it's between 930 and 10. And I'm like, all right, I'm kind of winding down, wrap it up. And uh, they come downstairs and they have, you know, a big pizza box and some other little trash. And I'm thinking maybe they're just going to go throw it in the big trash outside. I don't think anything of it. They, uh, they both come down, they leave. And then a few minutes go by and they, they, they don't come back in. And I'm like, what? And so I go and I peek out the front window, their car is gone. And then I go, hold on. Okay. And I'm still like, well, they, maybe they just went to like, I don't know, maybe they're going out. Maybe like they're going to go out somewhere and do something fun, go to the club, do whatever. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're going out to a bar. I don't know. Maybe they're just like, hey, we want some ice cream. Let's go get some ice cream. And then I check my little door. I'd be a creepy host and I have a doorbell cam. And so I catch footage of people and I'm like, let's glance at that. Let's see. They had their bags. And, and then I just go, huh? Well, I'm going to sleep. So we'll see if they, if, if in the morning I wake up and they're here and they leave and they weren't. And then in the morning I check, just glance at the footage, see if there's any more clips. There's no overnight clips. Their car is still not here. I wait a little bit and I, and I wait until after checkout time because, you know, we ask them the morning of checkout, Hey, send us a message when you're getting out. So if you get out early, we, we can go in and we can clean it. And obviously they had left hours and hours before that. So that was now an irrelevant message, but yeah, they left, they came for about four hours, enjoyed a nice little getaway pizza and a movie and then dipped and we still haven't. So after, if you're not familiar with her, you know, after Airbnb, it's like the host leaves a review, then you leave a review. And then once you both left your reviews, then you can see each other's reviews. 
They still haven't left a review. And I was talking to my wife about this. I was like, yo, they didn't stay the night. And she goes, well, hopefully it was just their plan. And it wasn't like there was, they, some, there's something wrong or that they hated about our Airbnb and they couldn't stand to stay there. And so they left. And I was like, yeah, I, I sure hope that's the case. That's not the case that I just hope that it was like, they never planned on staying the night. They just wanted a nice little dinner in a movie because <laughs> I'd be curious. First of all, I'd be just curious to know what was so bad about their stay. But secondly, um, you know, we could be in a little bit of hot water on the, cause as a host, it's like you get bad reviews. Airbnb is apparently on you pretty quick. I don't know yet. We haven't had that happen, but I'm sure, you know, at some point it's bound to, we're going to have someone who has a bad experience or they trash our place or something of the sort. And we'll figure it out when we cross that bridge. But yeah, that happened. And I was like, huh? And this isn't, I could understand it. Cause now you can do Airbnb. I can understand it from the aspect of like a cool, like, niche experience that like our unique experience that's kind of out there you know like a cool tree hut in on someone's land or something like that that's like a or a yurt thing and you're like oh you just go for the day because you can do experiences on airbnb and i don't know how all those you know we've done a we did one on our honeymoon those stargazing got real cool pictures but yeah i just look at that and go huh weird i'll tell you something I have seen in, in, in our little over a month, like month and a half-ish of doing this, it has been wildly interesting seeing people come through, knowing a little bit about their situation, but not interacting with them enough to get any more information, and just being like, wow, this only gives me more questions than answers. I'm so curious. And well, it reinforces the fact that this was a good idea, because we like people, and we like getting to know people, meeting people and interacting. But then man, like there was one girl that she was driving cross country last minute. Cause she had a, someone ran into her parked car and she was out in California and she's from Virginia. And it was like, she had to go coast to coast and she had to do it. She was on a strict timeline. So she like stopped through, got some food, hit the hay was up and gone by like 5am. Right. And but like, we got to know her a little bit and talk to her and it was cool, but it was just like, huh. There, there's so many, there's such a, and there's a, you know, back in December, there was a couple who came to, for a night away, night out on the town. And during the day they were shopping for Christmas presents and it's like, oh, that's cool. And they're real friendly. Right. So it's been a lot of fun, but this by far has been the most interesting one that I've seen. Never, never heard of that of now nah, we're not spending the night. And I will say, I mean, these people seemed a little younger. I'm not going to say like teenagers or anything. I really can't speculate. They seemed younger. And so maybe it was, this was just the way that they had to do their day night. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird though. It was, it, it was interesting. It was cool. They were great guests though. They were real nice and followed all the rules and stuff. So I had no problems with them. It's like, Hey do it. If that's what you want to do, you don't have to stay the night. You can, you can come for a few hours and dip. I mean, as long, as long as you got no complaints, I got no complaints, right? All right, let's get into the, let's get into the real stuff today. So there's a couple of little funny notes, but something that happened in our oh, Sunday school class yesterday, that was, that was just a fun note that I was like, huh, I, you know, this really feels like, this really feels like this would be here. And, and I, but the question that came up then is like, you think ever, you think Jesus like ever just gave like a big sigh? You mean it's, it's, it's like that, 
you've got to be kidding me, sigh. Like, how many times do I have to tell you, sigh? So we were in John 6, if you want to turn there right now, unless you're driving. Don't do that. Don't, you hooligans. And let's see, where is it? Oh, here we go. So it's in like six. So it's him talking about being the bread of life. So it's right after he feeds the 5,000, which that's 5,000 men. And so we can estimate it's around maybe 25,000 people in total when you include women and children. Huge crowd, huge crowd, right? And so on the next day, so they find him, right? And they're asking him questions. And he's like, you're, and he basically, this interaction is Jesus is talking about spiritual things and they're talking, they're worried about the physical, right? And he essentially says to them, hey, you come to me because I, I gave you food abundantly, but I'm here to tell you that like I have the bread of life and something that is far greater than those, those loaves and fishes that you had for me. And, um, uh, yeah, and he's like, I give you the food that endures to eternal life, blah, blah, blah. And they said to him, what must we, we do to be doing the works of God? So, so they essentially wanted to be able to do the same miracles that he did. And he says, um, he says, you know, believe in me, believe in him who he has sent, essentially himself, referring to himself, right? And, and they say, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? This is the day after, I believe, the day after. He fed these same people miraculously from five loaves and two fishes. He fed 25,000 people and they, they missed the point of that. And they come up to him and they start asking him about that. And he's like, look, um, you know, they're trying to go after him. They're like, this guy's, this guy, this guy's our ticket. He's our meal ticket. Right. And Jesus is like, you're missing the point. Well, I do these things to point you to who I am so that you will believe in me and you'll have the thing that really counts, salvation of your soul through me. And then they just go, ah, well, like what sign do you do that'll make us understand? And it's right there that I have to imagine that Jesus just went like <laughs> almost face palm, just deep side. <sighs> it's like, how dense can you be now? Let me say this, because we covered this in class, is that I am not putting myself above them. That is to say, I don't think that I would have been, that I'm not sitting here saying that I wouldn't have been one of those people who completely misses, missed the point of that and was asking this idiotic series of questions. Well, not idiotic, asking these series of questions, missing the point. Because that's what this is pointing to. This is a reminder, A, that we are, as people, so many times, you know, when the words of God and the things of God are working in the spiritual and we're, we're taking those and look, we're only looking at the, the physical and the material. We need to think about, be thinking about the eternal. And so it changes our perspective. Right. And, and so it serves as a reminder of like, Hey, this is where Jesus worked. This is where God works. And this is where we should be at. And also don't forget, you're probably going to miss the point. So pay attention. Right. And they say, what work do you perform? <laughs> And then they bring up like, oh, the manna from the wilderness, right? And then he, and then he says, look, uh, I gave you the bread from heaven. He says, it wasn't Moses who gave you the bread, but it was the father who, who gives you from heaven. He goes, the bread of God is he who comes down from the heaven and gives life to the world. Speaking of himself again, speaking once again on the spiritual plane. And they look at him and go, hey, 
can we have this bread always? I'm, I love the ESV translation because it says, sir, give us this bread always. And I get it's the wording is kind of funky because, you know, it's ancient text and whatnot. But I'm just like, I'm just trying to be put in that in that situation. And I myself am sitting there and just being like, all right, you're explaining this. And they just go, yeah, give us this bread always. <laughs> like, that's not grammatically. It's just funny. And he and then he goes on to once again for like the third time reiterate, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. So the, the biggest point here is a. I definitely think Jesus hadn't had one at least big sigh moment where he's like. But at the same time, this is a good lesson that there's so many lessons in this, right? First and foremost, uh, I think the first thing that we have to remember is it's easy to look back now, thousands of years later and say, wow, these idiots, they didn't, they didn't understand what that meant. We have to remind ourselves, we are the same as those idiots. We are, are, we are those idiots, essentially, just thousands of years later. And so we miss the point on plenty. And this is why we have to remain in the script, remain in the word, remain part of uh, you know, be involved in a church and, and be actively in the word like this. Sorry to get preachy on that. So there, there, there's like one lesson. The other lesson is that, uh, oh, and I just lost it. Oh, we'll never serve. So I said, oh, is what we see Jesus modeling here is that he is here to bring this message and he spoke plainly and clearly and he continued to speak plainly, answer their questions. And, and here he states, he goes, yet you do not believe. Kind of in, and so many times he indicates, he goes, he, he knew, he had to have known that so many of these people were going to miss this point entirely, only see that, they, that he gave them literal bread, be excited and say, Oh, we love this bread. We love you. And he's like, no, this is, I do this sign to point to this because there's actually the bread of life. This is physical bread. And this is, this will feed you for a day, but I am the bread of life that will feed you for eternity, that will feed your soul, that will bring you salvation. Believe in me. And in one ear, out the other, totally missing the point straight over their head. But he preached it nonetheless. And he did the signs nonetheless. And to us, we can take that as a message that, we are called to preach the gospel, preach the message, the words of scripture, to proclaim them to all those we encounter, despite and in spite of, oftentimes, their unbelief, their deaf ears, their hardened hearts that they will not hear. And, and, it's, and it's God's work. And, and he goes on to explain that, how it's, you know, all that the Father gives gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Right. Insinuating that it's God's work then to bring these people to him. And he is merely here to bring a message. And that's especially, and him more so than us. Right. But we are called to bring the message. And I know for me, stifles me so much and it stifled me so much in the past is what this person won't be receptive. That person doesn't believe. I already know. It's all set in their ways. Why even bring this up? Or they might get combative. What if they do this or that? And it's like, clearly, that's, we're, we're missing the point then. We're, we're, we're looking at the wrong bread if we're thinking about that. That's not, what we're, that's not, it's not our job to worry about that part of it. It's our job to simply bring that message to them, preach it to them, 
and let God do the rest. It's up to God, right? To work on their hearts and then have that message resonate. And as I've said before so many times too, so often people's minds aren't changed in that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, they often, I, my mind is usually changed later after the fact that night, days later, quiet, you know, I'm driving in my car alone or sitting alone and just, and it comes back up and I meditate on it. And then I'm like, Hmm, yeah, you know, I think they're right. I think they're right. And, and so that's the other thing we have to remember. And you could, you know, what is that? That's, that's just how I think people's minds are changed and there's a way to do it. Right. And well, a funny comparison for you, for example, is I haven't become, I'm not extremely combative or argumentative with my animal based carnivore stuff. I've, cause that was a hard thing to navigate at first. Cause it was like, man, people are going to look at me like I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm going to sit here and I don't, can't really defend it. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to say what I know, acknowledge what I don't know and direct people and say, you know what? Go read this information. Go listen to this person. They're, they're really knowledgeable on it. Also, maybe just give it a try. I, and now I've been doing it for a year. And so I could say I've been doing it for a year. I now have a couple friends who've, who've, who've jumped on the train and they've done it and seen results. And so now it's like, I have a, there's a body of work personally that I know of that I'm like, look at this, look at that. And surprisingly, people are like, you know, you know, we're looking into it. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. And I do it with zero expectation that anything's going to come of it, but I don't let that stop me from saying anything or bringing it up or talking about it. I don't shy away from it. I don't force it into people's faces and say, wow, you're totally wrong. Oh, and I say, oh, you know, it's kind of funny. I actually got on this carnivore thing and it's kind of working. It's been pretty interesting, but I don't bash people who who aren't doing it or maybe following more traditional things of going plant-based or only lean meats, chicken and turkey and all, you know, and all that good stuff. And I'm like, nah, red meat, red meat, good source, red meat, but red meat, a lot of ground beef. So yeah, funny thought though. I feel like that was definitely a sigh moment and <laughs> maybe a couple where he just goes, <sighs> you know, sadly we don't get those fun little in-between interactions to we just we just we just have these words which are sufficient enough don't get me wrong you apologists and people who might call me heretics but it's fun it's fun sometimes a little bit right just have those thought experiments so another note of scripture i think i'm also reading i'm reading through exodus right now and basically this is something that you hear a lot and that's a shallow, silly argument that I've definitely addressed before way back when last year, when I read how not to read the Bible. And it talks about this a lot more in depth, but I found one key verse in Exodus that can kind of act at least as a starting point and definitely a linchpin when you talk, when people want to talk about slavery, as it relates to the Bible, God is pro slavery. This, you know, there are parts in the old Testament we have to throw out. We have to pick and choose what parts we believe because X, Y, and Z a man, you know, he condones a man selling his daughter. Well, in Exodus 21 is where law laws about slaves. And one important thing is we have to, we have to check our perspective a little bit at the door here when we come to this, because you, I'm including myself in this. When I, when I hear about slavery, I think of the recent chattel American slavery, which in every way was, was wrong and abhorrent, right? And not okay. Slavery as a whole was not good. However, I think there was, and especially in ancient times, a certain air about slavery that wasn't so cruel and evil that the term slavery encompasses it, but it was really more of a volunteer servitude, 
right? Now, obviously, not when it comes to conquest, but more so when it came to extreme poverty, because unlike the social safety nets we have today and different things like that, you, you could have situations where the best move for you is to say, hey, is to kind of sell yourself into service under a person and, and work for them and, and be their servant so that you can have food, shelter, security, and, and then they're being provided with a service. And so not trying to softball it here too. You know, definitely you, you couldn't, you weren't free, but uh, you, were, you were cared for at least in some extent. And understanding that context a little bit and how brutal the ancient world also was, when you read the entirety of Exodus 21, which I'm not going to do, you see the standard for, we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it as slavery back, that, that God sets here. And by no means does what we typically associate slavery as come even close to fitting within this, this framework. So when people want to erroneously say God is for slavery and so blah, blah, blah. And then they also say, well, you know, so many people use Christianity to justify American slavery. And it's like, yeah, people use misuse scripture all the time. That doesn't all of a sudden mean that the scripture is wrong. It means that person is wrong, but that's a secondary point. But you can look at this and say, no, 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 no. That's, those, that's apples and oranges right there. That is two different things. It's not even, it, you know, it's what we know and what is described here and set forth here are two totally different things. One, one really is humane, provides dignity, and sees the slave as a fellow person, image bearer of God. The other one sees him as property, as lesser than, and something that you can do whatever you please with, with no repercussions. So what we have here, that linchpin verse, Exodus 21, 16. This, you can look through the whole chapter and you can see and kind of do a one-on-one comparison and just the whole time think, oh, was that? Was that a part of it? At least, you know, just for lack of a better comparison, just be like, all right, constantly be going back and forth and say, how does that compare to the slavery that our country and many, most other countries and most other peoples at some point throughout history had, right? But this one, especially, this one is key, right? Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. So what do we know? What's the common narrative around American slavery? Kidnapped from Africa. Um, brought over here, and boom, right? Life totally uprooted. And within the context of that specific narrative, what do we see here? We see a direct and clear contradiction to that type of chattel slavery. We, and you can say, okay, while they both use the term slave here, we are talking about entirely, two entirely different things. Uh, why am I talking about this? To provide you a little bit of, let's say, ammunition for, you know, if this conversation comes up or if this is something you're wrestling with, I challenge you to go and find Exodus 21 is another, and I'm sure there's stuff in Deuteronomy and Leviticus about slaves and owning slaves. And there's other questions that there aren't necessarily good answers to, like, why didn't God just abolish slavery and altogether back then? And you might, and one, one answer that's definitely lacking in a lot, but it might say is maybe it was impractical. Maybe it didn't make sense, but you know what he did do within that institution back then? He made it clear that they are not lesser than 
in terms of their humanity as people, that they are to be treated with certain rights. And there's other parts of this where it's like, where it says, you know, if you injure your slave and say, and they use the example of, so he, so he can only, he, he loses sight in one eye. You have to set him free. You have to let him go. You, you, you weren't allowed to beat. You weren't allowed to, um, you know, injure and just destroy a person. And every seven years, slaves had to go free, right? And now there's some interesting stuff about like if you bring a slave and he's single into your house and then he marries your daughter and has children and then when he leaves, he can't take them. It's a very interesting, and there's different dynamics going there. But this, I wanted to focus in on the 16, right? Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. It is made very clear right then and there that God is not for kidnapping, is not for slavery in the sense that throughout human history we've seen especially when it relates to conquest right you conquer these people and they become your slaves and and then there's maybe a slightly different dynamic here but it's like oh yeah the colonists they they go to africa now a lot of those slaves i've learned are were actually sold by other africans to the colonists it doesn't make it right why because they were wrongly enslaved by their own people and then sold to another people and so by that rule everyone involved it's not just the person who does it, but then the person who buys the stolen slave and maintains possession is just as guilty and complicit here. So just wanted to give that thought. I don't know. I, I came across that this last weekend or at the end of last week in my reading and it's just been sitting on my brain. And I was like, you know what? We'll just throw that out there. That's kind of almost like a, like a pro tip if, because if you remember some episodes back, my sister or no, it wasn't her. It was someone else. Someone I knew though was in, you know, was in a Sunday school class and someone brought up how the Bible is racist and misogynist and, you know, all the classic, um, probably TikTok arguments that you're going to get from all these secular haters who know absolutely nothing about the Bible and have no depth to anything that they're saying. Right. And cause this, this girl spouse that it's especially racist against people of color. And I'm sure she would say that it's pro-slavery as well without understanding that you're, you're, the type of slavery you're probably referencing is nowhere near what is actually in Scripture and where we see the institution of, uh, I guess we'll call it humanity, in that, brought into that institution of like, hey, yeah, you may quote-unquote own them. But they are, they are still people, and you will treat them with all the dignity and respect and equal legal protections here. Legal protections. So, interesting note. Lastly, lastly, to keep it on theme here, I was listening to this podcast, and this guy wrote a new book of, I guess he wrote the first volume, and, you know, it's God Anti-Gay or something 10 years ago, and he's done a follow-up now because the landscape has changed with that, with transgender ideology and, and all the gender stuff. And they were talking about it. And something struck me about his title, Is God Anti-Gay? And after sitting on it, I just thought, you know, I think, and I'm not saying he should change the name or anything, because I think that's totally fine as a title. But in general, asking that sort of question, at least from a Christian worldview, would be kind of the wrong framing. And it's actually backwards, right? Because the premise that our worldview sits on is that we have a creator, God Almighty, right? And we live in a world and are a his creation, right? We are in a living world he created and are his creation, and he set forth a certain order. Now, since the introduction of sin, many parts of that order have been broken, and this world is fractured, and that's why there's evil and things like that, right? 
And so God creates things. He creates an order. He states his order throughout his word. Um, and so knowing that, it doesn't make sense for, for us to say, hey, yeah, you're the creator and you set the order for our world. So are you against this thing that we do? When I mean, that is a valid question, but I think a better question would be, is gay anti-God? It doesn't sound good at all, but, you know, you know, is you can, to be more sensitive, you say, is homosexuality, is a homosexual lifestyle anti-God or anti-God's order, right? Because really, that's, that's, what we're, that's what you're looking at, right? We have a, we live in a created world that has a certain set order and way of things. And then we do things outside of these order. We want to say, yeah, does God hate this? Or is God against me doing this? And it's like, short answer, yes. But better answer of, actually, you should be asking yourself, hey, is this thing that I'm doing outside or against God's um, order that he has set forth in the world, which is, which is good and the correct order because it's his creation? And, you know, so I said... <laughs> So I was just, I, I had it worded a different way in my notes. I decided not to read it, but yeah, food for thought there. So maybe a little bit heavier of an episode talking about a lot of scripture stuff. And sometimes that's how it goes, right? When you ride the lightning, sometimes you get a little bit more serious, but try to mix in some lighthearted stuff, some good fun stuff, maybe some thought provoking things. Um, golly, I think I hit all the big topics. I at least hit two, two of them. I hit slavery and homosexuality, I mean, very, very like ricochet type shots, still touched on them though. What are we doing here, man? Monday morning, starting it off, bringing some heat, but yeah, got my pistol Pete slash Hulk Hogan stash going. Love it. I think I might try to be pistol Pete for uh, Halloween or something like that, or maybe it'll be Hulk Hogan. I'll need to wear platform shoes to make me seven foot eight. Cause that man is massive. And off the bulk up a little bit. <laughs> but anyways, that's where we're going to wrap up today. So uh, highlight of today is definitely going to be that affiliate link, that Amazon affiliate link. Uh, go test it out for me. And if you don't have a Disco Potty, use that link and get the Disco Potty. Get yourself a two-pack. Light up your bowl, boys, so you don't miss when you piss in the middle of the night. And you don't have to blind yourself by turning on a light, ladies, too. It also lets you know where to sit and, and can you, it helps light it up at least. So you can be like, is the seat still down? Is he a gentleman or is he a psycho and trying to kill me and get me stuck in a toilet bowl at three in the morning? Who knows? But anyways, yeah, if you have an Amazon purchase, something you're like, oh, I was going to order this or do that. Just uh, go to Instagram, use the link tree in my, in my bio, or you can go to Follow the link in this description, which will take you to the website, or you can just go to the website. It's anchor.fm slash the rambling viking. And you'll see it in the kind of the under the description of the show right there on the main part of the page. But yeah, that'll do it for me. So be sure to go rate and review. Go and follow on Instagram. Look for new episodes. Let me know if you want to be on the pod. I currently got a couple couple bros in the work, in the works to come on as guests. So that's exciting. And they're just going to be second chair. It's something new I'm trying. Instead of trying to like find guests who like have something specific that they want to say or talk about, which I'm still totally for. I'm just like, what if I just brought people on as kind of a second chair and they can, can just kind of riff and chime in and, and just enhance 
the conversation, right? Because then they don't have the burden of bringing some sort of topics. The topic can be up to me, and then they can uh, they can just add on to it and provide a little bit more depth. So it's not just idiot old me opining by myself in a monologue, right? And because Lord knows I can get caught in ruts of thinking and just be sitting there going, oh yeah, just the same thing. And it's like, you, and you could be screaming at your speakers or your car stereo or whatever it is, or at your headphones of like, no, you are missing this giant, huge aspect of this one uh, part of the subject. But anyways, yeah, that'll do it for me. So go test out the affiliate link and su- support the show, whether you want Disco Potty or not. Just follow that link and then do your Amazon shopping and you can support the show totally passively, no extra cost to you. And how great would that be, right? Uh, don't forget to also share this show around. You see me post on Instagram or on Facebook. Just, just give it a share and say, hey, folks, we'll give it a listen. You know, really funny. Make a little comment. Say, oh, it talks about this. And you're interested in that or whatnot. And uh, be on the lookout for Blessings from Tragedy coming to you soon, 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 soon. Got to get working on that. But, and hopefully much more. We can grow the Hanya Accord. But thank you all for being a part of the Hanya Accord. Tuning in this Monday. I hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll see you right here next time on the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head, Hanyak, signing off.